We are not millennials. We are matured. Brought up on collaboration as an art form. Delivered as value. What? Oh, okay. The Oscar for the best introduction to the podcast goes to Moraine. That was cool, man. <laughs> I, learned from, I learned from the best. I was about to say, where did you get the idea from? <laughs> <laughs> no, I picked it up somewhere. Yeah. I think that's a great change. Episode 60. 60. Wow. Moraine launches it. That's good. After our brand new ep- uh, intro I as well. That was good. I hope uh, you enjoyed that. Yes, I love that. Mm, bluesy feeling. Yeah, yes. that's sex. That's sex. Yeah, it's always good to have sex. Sax. Sax. It's amazing sex. how <laughs> one letter can make something not sound right. Well, it is. It is pure sex. That intro. Absolutely. Yes. yes. Yeah. No. It's it's just like I do sex as well. It only takes ten seconds. Is that what it sounds yeah. like? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It is. It is only like ten seconds or something. But that is. Anyway. How long it takes yeah. you to? Uh, uh, yeah. Anyway. I get it. Anyway. We have got a. Interesting episode ahead of us, folks. We yes. have got an amazing story to an amazing whiskey. Oh, absolutely. You want to stay around just to hear the story about the whiskey that we're going to talk about and that we that we are going to drink. Yeah, that, yeah. Is, that is pretty cool. So we're definitely yes. going to do that. Yes. And the really, really, really thing I'm excited about is I'm going to speak at a conference. You're going to speak at a conference. Yes. And it's going to be real. Ooh, like a real touchy-feely conference. Touchy-feely conference. Yes. Oh, I'm going to hug so many people. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yes. Actually, I was was reading today in the email. They were talking about how they're going to put this thing together. So for those that don't know, it's Commsverse. It's in the UK. It's in September. Yeah. Uh, there'll be a whole bunch of stuff being announced about it. You'll catch it everywhere. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's going to be a hybrid conference. I'm so curious on how they're going to do that. Well, I had, a, I had a quick look at some of this stuff they sent out. How are they going to do today? So basically, every room will have uh, a technician in and, a, and, a, and a, uh, all the kit to do the session. And depending on where the speaker is, they will either be the presenter of a Teams meeting that will be presented on the screen in the room. Okay. Or they'll be in the room, videoed, doing the presentation, and then and transmitted on the screen out to whoever's watching it. All right. So at some point, it's going to go, I am in Hong Kong presenting into the room that is being retransmitted out to somebody in America. Okay. So that kind of, that kind of reminds me of Ignite. So you can go either into the room and watch the actual session or you can go to that lounge Drop-in room center or whatever it's called the hanging hangout the, the hangout, hangout exactly just sit there get some earphones tune into wh- whichever channel you want and just and watch it from there hang out and hang out exactly yeah. and get some dragon puffs while you're waiting oh yes. dragon puffs yes. yes you know i'm not sure whether puffs is a politically correct word anymore is it not i think it's uh, you know a uh. Hey, yeah, I'm not going to go there. Let's no. not start that line. Let's not start that line. All right, cool. And um, I'm I'm actually speaking at another conference as well, which is the M365 Chicago. 
I'm oh, doing, you're in Chicago. Yes, I'm doing two oh, sessions as well there. And I'm also... So that's on the 4th of June. And then the 5th of June, I'm also presenting a brand new session called The Dawn of the Age of Aquarius. It's the age of Aquarius. Exactly. Age of Aquarius. Exactly. Exactly wow. that one. And that will be for the Dutch Cloud Day. Thing. I hope I pronounce that right but yes something like that yes wow yeah is that on your own it's all on my own you uh, thought up that yeah. title on your own yes i did i was actually last week uh with our um happy hour etiquette session that i do with a bunch of people like the, the people with uh, from the gray hat beard and then carolina ketukari and louise fraser um and i was the session was all about okay once we go back to work, what is work? What is that place? What do we do there? So I just was like brainstorming with myself, you know, those 10 seconds of intro that I take. And then, uh, I, I, yeah, came you up with that. You need to keep your mind on the job, you know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but uh, that, that was kind of the, yeah, it's, it's the whole world is changing and we now see with, with, Black Lives Matter and everybody taking care of themselves. Mental health is such a big issue right now. And Microsoft is playing in that with Viva. workplace analytics, yeah. Viva Insights, those things. So I'm going to talk 30 minutes about whole yeah, Viva Insights and how you, how you can, how Microsoft actually helps you to protect your own mental health. Okay, I get that. But why the age of Aquarius? Where the hell did that come from? Was it playing in the radio in the background or something when you I have were... no idea, to be <laughs> come honest. On, man. I have no idea. But What it's... was you smoking? Which whiskey uh, was you uh, drinking? Uh, oh, naughty. Oh, I was drinking a, a whiskey that I brought for you as well in one of those tasters, the Tomintul Serit. Ah. And it's a sherry version of the Tomintul. And to be honest, it tastes like goat cheese. Tastes like ghost cheese, but it makes you think of a title, The Age of exactly. Aquarius, for yeah. a technical yeah. presentation. Mm -hmm. Yes, because I, I like my titles to be somewhat mysterious and esoteric. <laughs> esoteric? So. Have you swallowed the word dictionary? No, nope, that was your <laughs> toilet paper, wasn't it? Your word of the day toilet paper. <laughs> all righty, all righty. Cool, 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 cool. Yes. All right, so uh, episode 60, it's been an absolute pleasure. But let's not go Likewise. there anymore. We, uh, and thank you for the lovely gift that you got me. Yeah, but we... that wasn't really for anything to do with the podcast. Okay. Okay. That was just because we know whenever we have to treat each other, what the other person likes to drink. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. But we want to talk about work today. We yes. We actually let's, want to talk about talk Agile about work. And work. Yes. All right. Because we never talk about anything else except work and we do way, way too much of it. Yes. But working in an agile definition is something that you deliver and you do. So within a sprint, you deliver work and it's a known mm -hmm. quantity of work mm -hmm. and all those kinds of things. And, and I came up with this idea and concept, not when I was drinking, smoking or thinking about Aquarius. It's karaoke night tonight. It's going to turn yes. out to be fun, isn't it? Um, but I thought about how much work we actually have to put in to get people to collaborate mm -hmm. and what's acceptable at any time. So we've talked previously about maturity levels, yes. how you actually yes. judge where an organization is. And it's yep. really important that you have those maturity levels. Mm -hmm. I, I kind of was at a, a, a new client recently uh, and that was my question. Okay, 
Okay. In terms of IT literacy, where is the organization? Because it's important to, to gauge those things. So I came up with this idea that I wonder how many levels we can find that is based upon work, not based upon maturity, but how much work we put in to get people to that level. Yeah. So the okay. amount of work that we as a consultant or you within your own company. Or your IT team or your yes. adoption team, whatever. Exactly. Actually yeah. have to do because it's all about return on investment. Yes, so, absolutely. You know, yeah. if, if I'm expecting, we, we have six levels on our little list here. And, and I think once we turn this into a, a piece of presentation, we may end up with more or less potentially. Um, and when we started throwing voice around here earlier, we suddenly ended up thinking seven <laughs> and eight and nine. But let's not Rabbit get into hole. that too much. Um, so, yeah, we sort of talked to those, the, the, the investment. You're never going to go straight to six. You know, no, no. You're never going exactly. to attempt to try and do that in one in one go. And and when we talk about six people, we're talking about things like you know uh, co-authoring, you know, getting the automatic versioning done, uh, compliance and audit and data leakage protection, security settings, sort of sharing links naturally rather than having to be told, delivering it through Teams and SharePoint and OneDrive, and you know, it's the kind of old caboodle everything that is there. Oh, I need to collect some information. My first thought is, I need a form. I don't have to think about it. It's a natural instinct. You know, that's kind of six. And it might be seven or eight or nine once we go through yeah. all these levels. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. that's the ultimate. You're never going to aim for that. If you are, the amount of investment to get there and the time is too high. Yes. You're never going to get the budget approved. You're no. never going to get 200 yeah. people. Yes. You're never going to get all the training courses. Yeah. So. I need I need two hundred thousand euros to get our organization to be a level six, full collaboration, full on. But there's nobody's only eight gonna... of us that work in this company. Exactly. So <laughs> nobody's gonna sign off on that. So no. you need to trickle down. Yeah. You need a plan. Yes. You need a plan, yes. and you need to sort of work out whether that's a nine-month plan, a two-year plan, mm -hmm. accordingly. So. Um, so we, we've got some ideas on the board and quite honestly, um, we knew we were going to brainstorm this. So we did actually already taste a really new whiskey from Ireland just to get us, you know, loosened yes. up a little yeah. bit, which was called Black Pits. Yes. And that will probably be the one that we'll taste uh, next episode. Episode 61. Yes. So we'll get into that yeah. one there. That's cool. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so we got ourselves started. So anyway, in my mind, level one, um, we've got a couple of different categories here, but it, it's file share. You know, mm -hmm. it's been around for 30 years. Yeah. Level one, file share, default behavior for a lot of organizations still. Yep. Yeah. So if we kind of come up with a category word for file share, then it's availability, available. It's the, the document is there when I need it. And it's yeah. shared by whoever the permissions are. Okay, there's, there's this thing out there called Rain Pussycat. I honestly don't think you want to go out there. Yeah, we're getting invaded by the animals again. No, she's going to think about it. She's no, gonna, she's yeah. not. What do you want to do? Jump out? And here we are at the, <laughs> the, the, the cat. The staring auditing, contest. The staring contest. Yes, I like that. No, I think that's not... I Look, you see this? It's called a foot. There we go. You going to go? No, you're not. Okay, I'm going okay. to ignore the pussycat. We'll yes. shut the door and we'll let her meow. Cool. Yes, maybe that's what we need. We should get a sponsor and we could use one of the pet supplies. 
Because the cats and the dogs are always mentioned They're somewhere always in there, yes. Anyway, exactly. let's go back to here. Pedigree. So, this, spon- this episode was sponsored by <laughs> Pedigree Pal. Yes. And Stephen didn't just stick his cat up the his foot up the cat's backside to yep. try and kick her out the door at all. No. All right. Yeah, so file share, its availability. It's yes. got other limitations. So one person can open the file and then it's locked for everybody else. It's yes. Basic functionality. Yes. Why why do we need this? Why do we need a file share? Because people need to work together on documents. They need to make documents available to each other. Well, when you think about when this thing first came out in the 70s, all right, or the 80s or whatever it was, it was a long time ago. All right. The only way you could move a file from a place to place was to take your floppy disk and go dunk, dunk, and here's the file. Yeah. So, so when it when it actually came out, it was as much an improvement there as yeah. you know. Uh, you think of the the what was the last big improvement? Let's let's take uh, Viva, Viva. You know, it's as big a change as Viva's been in twenty twenty one. Fileshare in its day yes. was yes. was a huge. So instead of printing stuff out, because I need a copy of that file, I need a copy of that report. I'll print it out and I'll give it to you and I'll put it on your desk. Yes. And now we had a network drive. Yes. So we had a file share. Yeah. So the interesting thing is, and I sometimes can't believe I'm about to say this, is there are millions of companies that still collaborate at level one at that file share level. Yes. With thousands of people in the organization. Yeah. Exactly. Wow. We've got a lot of work to do. Yeah. It's a good anyway, thing. Yeah. The, the the other thing about file share is it's operationally very cheap and very simple. Exactly. So you just put back. a server somewhere, put some hard disks in. Back it up. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You're good. All right. But that's often not enough now. No. Millennials. I'm not a millennial, I'm matured. <laughs> I don't know whether you heard our our new taglines on the intro. No. Um but millennials of course and, and whoever the new generation is called, mm-hmm. uh obviously don't expect more than that. So how do we layer on top of that? Well, if we're going to go to anything, we're putting SharePoint in. Yeah, exactly. Because one of the, well, one of the biggest problems that we've seen the last year and a half is people now want to work from home or they need to work from home. With a file share, you can't just do that. You need to implement some kind of VPN solution that you can network in into the organization to actually be able to reach your files. That's very true. I'd not thought about that. Yeah. So, yes, yeah, so the file shares don't really kind of work. So, SharePoint exactly. sites, yeah. and I guess we also put OneDrive for Business in here. You, Whenever you go to Office 365 or Microsoft 365, you're going to go with OneDrive for Business first, potentially, Yeah. and file share. The first one is going to be my personal drive. Exactly, because that OneDrive is such a no-brainer and so easy to do. Mm. You you have a few options, of course. You can just say, okay, I'm as an IT uh, department, we're going to move all those files for you. Or you can just say, everyone, just move your files to yeah, you can this do new migration. Yeah. The, the other interesting thing about OneDrive for Business is it's not a personal drive anymore. It's so much more. It is, it ah, is the yes. entrance into my content. Yes. It's, it's my first big adoption trip or the first piece of work where I need to say, hey, guys, this is not just storage. It's not replacing your personal drive. In fact, in many organizations, they now need to say that's not there anymore. You mm-hmm. know, this is OneDrive for business, in the cloud, corporate resource, exactly. et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But it's where I go for my content now. I can bring yeah. in SharePoint sites with links. 
I can uh, search all my SharePoint sites I've got access to to get my content. So it's kind of my door into my content. But yeah. OneDrive for Business and SharePoint sites, level two, that's really basically just put in. And, and it's a little bit grenade over the wall. Hey, look, you've got a SharePoint site, now off you go. Oh, yep. well, what can I do? Well, I've got a document library, so I'm probably going to have versioning enabled. I'm probably still going to migrate everything across in folders. At this point in time, I'm not going to spend a lot of time and putting metadata in. I'm yep. just going to basically say, look, we're, we're upgrading from file share into SharePoint sites without any bells and whistles. So what does that actually give us on top of a file share? Oh, so much. So we've got our... Um our sync functionality, so we can now just work on our documents even when we're not uh, connected to the internet. Yep. Um, which, to be honest, isn't that often anymore because when we're even working from home, we just have our own home network. We're not in the train uh, working on documents anymore. Agreed. Um, but it also gives us that automatic versioning. So every time I'm working on a document, it, we all automatically get a new version we get a recycle bin. So before when we deleted the document from the file share, it was just gone. And now we've got that recycle bin. Well, you've got, you got your local drive recycle bin. So you've, you've yeah, got, you, course, you've got your Windows 10 one, but that's, yeah. that's okay, I get it. You've got the, the whole ransomware package as well with the OD <laughs> uh, there, uh, which, which might be more and more important because I just see I just see so many attacks these days, like a, a few weeks ago or last week, there was this big attack, ransomware attack on that uh, major oil pipeline in the US, right, where yes. they actually paid a few million dollars to that uh, hacker group. Uh, and that's to... okay. I managed to, to move it around the <laughs> Cayman Islands without a problem. Nobody's caught up with the money yet. So Exactly. We could... Exactly. But what's interesting here is we know that there's a bunch of extra functionality but the work required to get people to use that functionality at this stage is maybe not worth the investment in terms of time and effort. So I could use metadata. Yeah. I could use content types. I could use, you know, um, all kinds of other approval workflows and everything else. All the stuff that gets us yeah. to layer six. But our choices at level two is for this amount of work, we can deliver this amount of functionality. Yeah. And That's I think, the whole I think point it's of this list. Yeah. I think it's a disappropriate amount because for just a little bit of money, if you don't look at licensing, of course, if you, of course, want to give 1,000 people an E3 license, that's going to cost you much more than just your file share, of course. But that's, well, we can come back to that in a minute because I, I think you'll find it's less than you think. Yeah. But anyway, carry on with that. But uh, so licensing is one thing and then... the You don't have to do your um, backups anymore. So that's a process that you can offload. Um, and, and the amount of capabilities that people get even when they're just using the basic functionality if they're just syncing their OneDrive just having all those files on their on their computer just having that versioning there maybe not even sharing it with links maybe not maybe they can but that already will give you so much more than just your file share capability no I agree with you and also consider you're going to put Outlook in here as well Yes. Yeah, by default, at level two, you're yeah. going to put Outlook in. Yeah. And when, just coming back to licenses, what's interesting is that at level one, you'll still have to do your level up. 
So you still have to work out your licenses for your office software, your yeah. 2010 or 13 or whatever. You'll still have to pay for your file share licenses. You'll mm-hmm. still have. To, so there's by the time you dump all of those things and you look at the difference between moving to Office 365, you move to a different finance model. Yes, yeah. always costs mm-hmm. you more. Yeah. But it's not... It's not a replacement cost. It's not a double the cost. No. You know, there will be a payback period after you've migrated everything and removed all the file shares. I'm not having to back up those drives anymore. I'm not having to replace them. End of life, et cetera, et cetera. So exactly. cost-wise, it's not, it's not negligible, but it's not excessive. Exactly. The yes. time also, and the, the work the, is the, where the, the cost is. Yes, but also that amount of work that you do as a consultant or as an IT person for that organization to move things from that file share into OneDrive, it could be minimal. If you want to, if it's a small enough organization, yes, yeah. and it's a low risk organization. Yeah. If we're talking about production organization, banks, that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. the risk is higher. It will of take course. longer. Yes. If it's uh, you know a university, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, or even just mm-hmm. a, a small company that really still rely more on printed copy than you know yeah. save copy. Yeah. But anyway, that's level two. Ah. Great. So now we want to invest a little bit more work and more money to get us to the next level. What's the kind of things that we need to play with here? So content types and metadata. Yes. Approvals and kind of out of the box sort of search capability, the ability to add value because everything at the moment is in folders on our drive and we need to do some work now to try and turn that into metadata. So this level three, this multiple sites and and your content types, I think this is something that you can kind of, we've been in this field for a really long time. Yep. And I think that level three, multiple sites, I think you can compare that with um, your, office, uh, your, your SharePoint 2013, SharePoint 2007, SharePoint 2010. Your first touch into SharePoint. Exactly. So you can create SharePoint <laughs> Foundation sites. Foundation services. Exactly. You can, put, <laughs> you can give people access to that. You can put your documents in there. You can have some metadata. You can even create some content types. Discovery you have some lists. Yes, lists, um, tasks, maybe lists, yeah. um, and you can just do your. You can already do so much. You you already have a lot of a lot of things that you can add. Well, the thing that comes in here that is interesting is that it's the bells and whistles that uh, are in this place. So things like hey, you can now introduce forms. You can now introduce to do you can now introduce planner you can now introduce those kinds of things so the content types and metadata is one thing i have to convert them from folders into metadata which of course doesn't mean moving them out of folders it means using folders to auto tag things and and set up some defaults and and all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. so that's fine but then there's a kind of this multiple site stuff brings in really the concept of the group i think so the idea really that we kind of say, yes, look, we've migrated all your stuff into a SharePoint site, but now we can see the value of the group of that yeah. Microsoft 365 sort of AAD focused stuff. Yeah, yeah. And if you if we were talking about work, you just said something really, a few really interesting things. You talked about forms, you talked about to do. I think those are two things that really require so little work to show people what it is. I mean, you can just do that in a 30-minute video and you can just show everyone that video and everyone after 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 
they can just use that functionality and it will bring you so much benefits. No, I agree. And I think it's about starting to to introduce at this point the story of Office 365 to the business or Microsoft 365 to the business. I wonder whether exactly. I'll ever get out of the habit of thinking this is Office 365 after 10 years. I know it's changed the name. I know it's Microsoft 365. Instinct. Anyway. Yes, I had to sell my car, my previous car, which had the big wrap on it saying Office 365. No, of course, they moved it to Microsoft 365, so I had to buy a new car. Oh, poor C'est soul. La vie. C'est la poor vie. Soul. All right. So, um, yes, I think that's the point where you start to introduce people into the story of, of content-focused you know, cloud, application-driven, exactly. yes. This that kind is of stuff. a platform. It's not just a tool anymore. It's a platform no. that you buy in with a bunch of applications that could help you in all kinds of scenarios. Yep, and it's really about really information architecture time now. It's about getting content types in. It's about getting managed metadata in uh, yep. and start, you know, even if it's, look, that's the stuff you migrated but in these new libraries that we've provided here, then if you put content in there, you'll find them easier through standard out-of-the-box search. You'll be able to do that. Or even you can use a, a tool to kind of move stuff around. So um, yep. content types, metadata, uh, just to recap, that's where we're at. And we're only at level three. We yep. have got so much more stuff that we can do. It's crazy. Crazy. And, you know, because now we get into the really interesting stuff. But it's also like diminishing returns. If we go from level one file share to OneDrive, that is also that is already a big leap. Big it's a big leap, yes. big return. Nice. Not that much of work. Then we go into multiple SharePoint sites with groups. Also more work because we have to introduce content types, we have to think about metadata. More work, but also Can I just say, a lot at of this point in time, we've got to bring governance into this. Yes. So up until level one and two, even though we do have to think about governance, it's boxed. So, hey, there's a new box with exactly. a new place to put yes. your content. Yes. Once we get into multiple sites, we've got to think about how we create new it's sites, true. under what conditions, yes. and, and how we get approval. So we've got governance to think about at three as well. Exactly. And that governance will grow once we go from one to six. Correct. Because that one and two... At two with OneDrive, there are a bun there are a few things that you need to look for governance-wise. But once you go to multiple sites with content types and go to the next levels, you will need more and more governance yep. to make sure that everything will run smoothly. Now, on our next level, which we have as four, I in, I might I let the users I let the listeners decide here. But I've got a feeling in my head that we kind of might have three and four reversed around a little bit maybe possibly mm -hmm. maybe we need to put the structure in of four but still go with three but we'll come there because on four we kind of had hubs and hub sites and we kind yes. of had the navigation now because we have all yes. these multiple sites we really want to be able to give people a coordinated view on how to get there and then we're also now starting to be able to use that you know content type um hub yeah. and also our global managed metadata yeah. but my brain instantly says you're a bleeding idiot. Why did you not put your content type hub in first and your, you know, your global managed metadata? I, I, I think you need to be able to at least in three design that architecture, even if you're not going to put it in there. So at least you don't have the game of going, oh, I've got all these content types created on my multiple sites mm -hmm. and I now need to move them into my global store. So I think at three, well, there's some design work to do. 
ready for four potentially it's it's also a matter of just like that maturity and those maturity levels maybe level three is good enough for you that's true if too. you're only a company with 50 people 100 people and, a simpler, and you don't simplified plan, architecture exactly yep. you don't plan to grow very much level three with your multiple sites might just be enough and that will mean that you don't have to put in much work but get a lot of returns back now, you, if you're a bigger organization uh, with a number of governance regulations and you need to go to that level four because that's a more governed way of working with that glo uh, content type up, with glo global metadata, with a bunch of navigation in place, with team sites, with uh, the app bar, with the, the team sites, with the communication sites, with that home site all those things so you really get a better experience with browsing sharepoint and consuming content that will yeah require much more governance much more work uh, but if you're a big organization that will also give you a lot more benefit for scaling out that solution I agree, and I think that's why we have these slightly in the in the wrong order. I think the deliverables, the work is right, so we will actually end up with um, customized search capability. Uh, we'll we'll be able to put answers in. We'll be able to do that scalability. But the thing is, we'll only be able to scale up if we don't have too many content types and metadata at a local level created. So I think as consultants we would prepare the organization for growth that may or may not come around the corner. So uh, for me, three says define the foundations for that information architecture so that you don't have a kind of architecture migration to do, which is never going to happen. I've never in 20 years known anybody do that. Then they may have started again as part of an upgrade, but there you go. So I, I, part of me says content type of and, and global management metadata at three, but we're still really only dealing with content types and metadata in terms of the end user. Yeah. So what I also want to add, so from level three with those multiple sites to level four, it's all about scaling. It it's is, about yes. making your solution more professional Ooh. more ins and outs but also one of the things that we could also add here on level four is some kind of automatic way of um, creating new sharepoint sites so yes, you might so. want to get some kind of self-service site creation exactly yeah, yeah moraine's now writing again like last time on the podcast he's in front of the whiteboard he has his pens out so he's all good to go that's because we're using this as a notepad because we are going to turn this into a presentation. We think this is quite a neat idea. Yes. So anyway, three and four are interesting. I think, uh, as Moraine says, um, there's a diminishing, diminishing return on investment at this point. But you're preparing yourself for the really, really cool tools. Without putting level three and four in place, you can't do things like Viva. No. You can't do things like uh, use AI to the way you want to. You can't do you know, PMP search web parts and customized search and yeah. stuff. So you can't you really um, start to um, simplify or digitalify your uh, digify. work processes. Yeah, let's go with digify. Digify, you yes. You heard it exactly. here first, yes. folks. Yes. You can't digify exactly. your processes. That's so true. So level three to level four is diminishing returns but it's really setting yourself up for success later on because if you're going to run this solution for 
the next five years, you don't want to, in level three, always reinvent the wheel. You no. actually want to start off from a good baseline where you can just simply take all the bits that you want and, and create something new without much work. I agree with you. What's, what's interesting is that when you get to that level four, you're going to be basing a lot of your managed metadata on a number of things. You're either going to create a taxonomy for the organization or you're going to work out what processes in the organization make it actually tick. So um, understanding the processes in an organization actually allows you to be able to start creating your global managed metadata based upon what you are delivering within the organization. Understand your sales process and where that goes all the way through to your logistics, for example, if you're a production company. Because all your documents are going to be tied into those processes. So at that level four, it really is about saying our information architecture needs to be based on our processes or not, depending on what type of organization you are. And then when you get to that workflow side, you can then really start to automate the process. Exactly. And I think that's where level, that's, that's our level five, is really automation, but also really look at how does our company work? How does our organization work? And how can we use this platform, this Microsoft 365 platform, to really take advantage of that platform and start to manipulate our processes so that they run faster, smoother, uh, less errors, um, less expensive, and more clear all those things. I think the other thing about level five, um, and certainly moving into level six, you end up with more agility in the organization. So if, if you've done this build through these levels and you've thought about the future each time you move to that next level and prepare for that next level, then you're in a real position where you can be flexible. So by getting the hubs and the sites together, if a divisional restructure comes along, hey, drag, drop, I've got my content all yeah, reorganized, exactly. my search has all been rebuilt. Yeah. If I need to change my process, I'm now going to outsource that part of my internal process, then by having that correctly done and my automation planned and processed, I can easily and uh, use my agility within my architecture and my structure to be able to move around quickly. It's amazing, isn't it? After spending 20 years in SharePoint and your 15 years or whatever your number is nowadays, that we actually understand this shit. <laughs> yes, yes. It's so cool, actually, yeah. you know, going, you're going to an organization, you kind of do it, but speaking it is rather interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, so we're at five, we're at automation, we're at workflows, we're at custom forms, we're at power apps, we're at uh, templates, um, we're at site templates, power we're at BI, self-service, Power BI, insights. Power Platform, the whole, yes. the whole yeah. caboodle. Yeah. And are we actually finished then now in our collaboration? We, we didn't even talk about Teams. Well, we haven't talked We're about like the tools 20, much. We're like 20 minutes in or something, and we haven't talked about Teams. Yes, this is episode 60 where we don't mention MS Teams. We don't mention the T word. The T word. Exactly. Well, I, I think we're talking about collaboration and no, some of the absolutely. tools. No, absolutely. Yes. So, um, yes. But we talked about Teams a little bit because once we get to level three and four where we start to really focus on the groups, yeah. we have the ability now to to bring those uh, bring MS Teams in. So we mm -hmm. haven't mentioned it, but it's there. Yep. I'm fairly sure everybody listening to this went, oh, yeah, now we'll do Teams. Yes, guys, that's right. Because at level five with that automation, Teams is going to bring that automated power. 
Yes, because that, that for example, yeah, well, forms. yes, the, the, the tasks application, yeah. the approval application yeah. in Teams, that one place to see all your chats because chats is also collaboration where you can see all your documents, all your recent documents, your the things that you need to approve, all your applications coming to life. Yes, exactly. No, I think that's right. It also gives you the ability now to expand out the third-party apps that are all out there. There's a lot of pretty neat ones. There used to be a lot of cheap and cheerful stuff. You know, it does one thing and it's not worth whether whether I'm going to put it in or not. Mm -hmm. um, but now there are, you know, a lot of developers out there for third-party apps that are realizing that they can use this platform to, to get into the big organizations. Yeah. Cool, cool. So then we get to level six, our 100% collaboration platform. As the kids say nowadays, the shit. <laughs> Is that right? I don't know. <laughs> I but don't know. Again, you heard it here. <laughs> it's what the kids say nowadays. All right. Yeah. The works, the uh, everything. So this is, yep. uh, you said that, hey, this is the platform. It's constantly available for all users, any users. It's tuned to the organization at this point. So the site structure, the navigation, the ability to do stuff. Um, we're, we're utilizing Viva kind of tools. We're doing knowledge management now. We're not actually just doing, you know, uh, content sharing or information management. We are literally delivering stuff. That's something else we missed out in here. Where does, where does uh, well, I suppose it's that 3.1 again or around that 3 and 4. Once we bring groups in, of course, we bring audiences in. So that's where we can really start to benefit knowledge management because if we don't get that in, we, we're not done. But yeah, so we, now we have everything. All of the things we've talked about so far, we have in place and, and we have 100% collaboration. Yes, 100% adoption of the tools. Ah, no adoption. files left behind. So we've said several times about adoption here. How do you know when you've finished adoption? So we're at level six now. We've finished adoption. What kind of... What kind of things are we seeing within the business now that sort of confirms and proves that that we have reached we, peak? Done? Yeah. Well, I I don't think with an evergreen solution like Microsoft 365, you're never done because Microsoft every year they bring out new stuff, new applications like the whole Viva suite. I agree, but what if because you did one, two, three, four, five, six, and you did it well, those new applications don't need a huge amount of adoption, if none at all. They don't need a lot of training. People don't need to be convinced to use it because they're already convinced. So a new application just gets, a new icon appears and nobody panics. Is that maybe is the <laughs> definition of 100% collaboration? Oh, oh, God, help desk, help desk. I have a new pink icon on my Office 365 webpage and I don't know what to do with it. Help, help. Now, I have to say, now, we, we you briefly touched on the uh, SharePoint app bar just a few minutes ago and uh, so one of my customers is a big university uh, where I'm also managing the, the Office 365 together with the whole team and uh, um, Microsoft just did a last week a big push on that app bar Correct. so it's now appearing for all my customers also for that university and they didn't turn it off it just appeared do you know how many questions we got about it uh, around it zero no nobody thought it was an issue everyone was like oh yeah that's cool oh that works oh nice i had the same experience today i suddenly went oh look the app bars appeared smile da, da, da. so i better tell a few people 
guys, yeah. you know, and, oh, I've not noticed that before. And somebody else said, oh, I did notice it. And I thought, that's annoying. It's in the way. Yeah, but have you tried to click anything? No. Look, you can see all your, oh, yeah, that's cool. Exactly. And, and now, for example, for uh, another customer where we have an intranet and the most prominent thing on the intranet is my recent documents. So now with the app bar, which also features my recent documents. Now, uh, uh, in two days, we're going to have a meeting around, okay, how do we now want to structure our intranet? What do we want to show on the homepage? Because that my recent document feature is now everywhere. You don't need to go to that homepage anymore. You don't need to go to the homepage anymore to find your news. You don't need to go to that homepage anymore to find all the sites in the intranet. So what will be the role of the internet now that we've got the app bar, the homepage? What, AI, will, what, will, what will be the benefit? AI. And a picture of me on the front page. Yes. And, and, and an advert that says, go watch Office 365 Distilled. Dunk. Now that's, that's what it needs to be on the internet. Idea. That's yeah. a good idea. Because we also have a new logo. We have a new logo. Exactly. Yes. And yes. of course, if you're listening to this, look at your phone now. Hey, there's Marina and I. And our logo on a barrel. Yes. Surprise, surprise. Nice. <laughs> nice. Yes. Um, so, but, so we're at this 100% collaboration then. So we people now, as we as I've just hinted, I said, I think they accept change a lot easier, um, even sort of major change. Can we expect any change work to be done? Yeah, I think we're going to need to. So if you're going to do something like Viva and Topics, it's going to require some, uh, if not quite a little bit of work. Uh, but at this point in time, people will understand the benefit. They'll trust you when you say, if we implement this, you will gain from it. Exactly. Because trust. you have gained trust. trust. Yes. No, absolutely. So what else did we have on our list? So now we've got a lot more detailed custom searching with tags, uh, a lot of compliance and audit stuff, which is mm-hmm. all done and reporting. Yep. Um, then, we get some compliance audit features. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of those. That the, obviously our data leakage protection is uh, yeah. kind of all covered and done, which is pretty neat. And and in terms of at the at the end game, we've kind of got teams teams running with you know files in the right way. Your OneDrive is a star now because everything is there and available to you. Um, there are no folders to be seen <laughs> throughout I, I your SharePoint I sites. don't know. I, I hate <laughs> folders. There's a, and you know my view on folders. Mm-hmm. But I don't think they'll ever disappear. No, I think they won't. As I'm getting old, you know. Um, you finally we, come to terms that they will. We they, are not millennials. We are matured. Then I think that maturity says, okay, we need to find a, a, a solution for folders that works. There's Especially, a time and a place for everything, correct. even for folders. Even for folders. Especially as Microsoft still won't allow me to see a SharePoint view on Windows 10. And whilst that is there and people are syncing this stuff down. Yeah. So so I think folders are there. So we've got to be clever around folders. We've got yeah. to drop it into a folder and, hey, your tagging gets done automatically. Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of stuff. So, yes. All right. So we're at 100% collaboration. Are we finished? What's next? Exactly. Well, now we start to add benefit of what we have installed. The MS Teams, what are we going to do about our incoming calls? Yeah. Our numbers, our phone calls. What are we going to do about our SAP installation? Our connectivity to our Salesforce service. Exactly, yeah. Um, What are we going to do about it? I've got no idea. I don't know either. 
So we've got a bunch of other software running. We've got our top desk, uh, we've got our SAP, we've got our Salesforce, we've got our exact HR software, we've got our gazillion other things. So this is where Power Platforms, um, SharePoint apps, connectors, custom connectors, um, yeah, AIP kind of uh, protection and, and making sure that just because I have a connection to another cloud, CASB protection, making Ooh. sure I can share and search across multiple clouds, multiple tenancies, geo-tenancies, mm-hmm. if, mm-hmm. if more efficiency with access to all of this data. Oh, I know. We're now in operations mode. Yes. That's where we're at. We have people saying, hey, um, it's running slower today than yesterday. Well, I don't care about that. We're rolling out a new application. Oh, we're not anymore. You're right. We're at operation mode. So we're about management and making sure governance is being applied. We're about processes, join and move levers. We're about removing those accounts. Um, we're around identifying what we're going to do next. Yeah. What Microsoft have got delivered for us. Yeah, we're we about can, we, we get all the things that might be dangerous to the company and we can already take action before they cause any harm. Correct. We're talking about development now, probably. Yeah. We're talking about collecting data and using that wonderful uh, AI and graph capability to tell people what they can and what they can't do. Yeah. Cool. You know what we have here? And I was thinking about this as, as we were just working through it. We, we have our corporate collaboration roadmap. This is our title of this yes. presentation. We have our corporate collaboration roadmap. And what's key about this is you just need to work out where you're starting from. If you've not migrated any content, then you're actually at level one and you need to move to level two and work around level three and four. You can't kind of jump to level three and put a, a structure of sites and things in. Well, potentially you can do if people if you're going to let people start using it from new and then you migrate stuff later. So you could you can go with that hybrid scenario. But yeah, you need to kind of uh, work it through and, and look at the benefits and where it's going to go and what it's going to do. You know what you know what I get from this whole thing, from everything that we've just drawn up. I think that buying this whiteboard yes. was an awesome solution. <laughs> yes. Yes, I think it's what we've missed in in 60 episodes is yes. having that live environment and whiteboard. Yeah, so we can just brainstorm, write stuff down, and we have our structure. I can still remember around episode 15 where we did five reasons to do oh, yes, something, something. And then at, level, at, at number four, you were, yes, let's recap. Level uh, one, uh, item one was, oh, shit, what was item That's one? Right. Oh, yeah. So now we can just say, okay, let's do a recap. Continual professional development. Here we go. Exactly. The recap of our corporate collaboration roadmap. At level but one. Don't go to, don't oh. jump. Oh, no, okay. no, I agree. You need to do okay. a roadmap, but you need to do yeah. it after we've tasted our special episode 60 whiskey. Agreed. Let's yes. do it afterwards. Because yes. I want to tell a story uh, about a whiskey. And you can go and look this up, okay? And the thing that you need to remember 
is the name of this whiskey, which is Uncle Nearest. Uh, what we're going to be tasting today is their 1856 Premium Whiskey. Now, it is a whiskey, and it's American. Now, yes. Normally, everybody calls American whiskey bourbon. bourbon. Yeah. But this is not a bourbon. This is from the great state of Tennessee, and it's called Tennessee Whiskey. And in fact, Jack Daniels is a Tennessee whiskey. It's not actually a bourbon. So what, what is the difference between a whiskey and a bourbon? So it's part of the process. Okay. So, uh, I mean, we, we know how bourbons and whiskies are made. They do yes. the mash, they distill yeah. and they put yeah. it into a barrel. You leave it for a while. And a bourbon goes in a fresh oak barrel and, uh, and all yeah. that kind of it's stuff. Got, it's got other regulations around it. Correct. Yeah. But as Tennessee whiskey has an in, a process added in place and it's got a special name and I'm damned if I can remember it and I should have, uh, have, have written it down because it's actually part of the location. But anyway, what they basically do is they take maple trees and they burn them. Okay. And they create charcoal from them. Okay. And then they filter the whiskey through that charcoal before they put it into the barrel. And then it stays for five years and matures in the barrel. Okay. Um, and there's, there is a special word for it. And I'm now looking at the back of the barrel to see whether I can remember what it is. I should have remembered it and I forgot, but it doesn't matter. But look it up. So uh, Tennessee whiskey. Um, and uh, it is a very named process. And it was invented by Uncle Nearest. Yes. So that and process. This whiskey has an amazing story. And, and the, just the fact that this is an American whiskey, not a, a bourbon That's not the story. No. There is an awesome story to this. There's a lady called Fawn Weaver. And Fawn Weaver is an entrepreneur. And she read an article in the New York Times. When was that? Uh, Around 1890 or something? No, no. Fawn Weaver is actually the CEO of... Uncle Nearest. So oh, she's, oh, sorry. Yes, the, okay. The, the lady, it's not the, the origin story. Okay, no, no, okay, no, no, okay. no, no, no. Yes. Good call. So, no. So, Fawn Weaver. And basically, she read an article uh, where uh, a number of people, uh, 30 or 40 journalists, looked at a story about a guy called Nearest Green. All right? Nearest Green, who used to be called Uncle Nearest. And he basically was the first Afro-American master blender yeah all right the first person that add the title and and i'm not going to tell you the whole story but effectively there was a, a guy that owned a distillery but he was a, a preacher so he owned a church and all that kind of stuff so he couldn't really you know uh, say i own a distillery but he uh, needed the money little, from it a little frowned upon yes he was yeah yeah but of course the money was providing to church so um he took a, a slave that kind of makes it okay i think <laughs> <laughs> the slave nearest green Yes. Uh, was basically put in charge and made this amazing whiskey and started this process of burning the maple trees, which they think he brought from Africa because apparently in Africa they burn the trees to filter water, to take the impurities out of water. Okay. So they, he used it on the whiskey and it basically created this beautiful, sweet, um, Swedish Tennessee whiskey. Now, okay. the, the way the story moves forward is that Fawn Weaver picked up this story because the bit that's missing is that Uncle Nearest, as he became to be called, was given an apprentice. So this preacher said, hey, take my nephew and teach him how to do it. Jasper, his name was Jasper. Teach Jasper how to uh, make, make whiskey. Make this awesome and, whiskey. And Jasper eventually thought it was so good that he eventually bought the distillery and 
uh, and started making the whiskey. And Jasper was, of course, Jack. And yeah, it's Jasper Daniels, Jasper later Daniels, known as Jack, Jack Daniels. Daniels. And so the story that came in the post was Uncle Nearest taught Jack Daniels how to make Tennessee whiskey. Awesome. So that Fawn is, Weaver. That is such a cool story. <laughs> it is a great story. story. Now, you need to, to look out, uh, go to the Uncle Nearest website and go through their press releases. There's a great short film with Jeffrey Wright, the actor. Yes. It's a 10-minute short film, and he tells this amazing story about how this whiskey has been done. Now, uh, also look at Fawn Weaver. If you like entrepreneurs, she's got an all-female board, including a female master blender. Nice. Does that mean make her a master blenderess? I don't know. Masteress. Mistress Mistress blender. blender. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, um, and she's related to Uncle Nearest. And um, she's oh, actually is, several generations further on. It's oh, a fabulous whiskey cool. story. Yes, so keep it, it in the family. Exactly. It doesn't matter whether this whiskey tastes like shit now because the story is so damn good. Yes. But it doesn't. No, it because we tasted awesome. this already. We have, yes. And yes. Yes. So, so that's what it is. Uh, who's going to unpop the cork? There we go. So this is, as I said, it's a Tennessee whiskey. Yeah, I know. I'll stop. I keep forgetting you have to drive. <laughs> if you catch our Whiskey at Ease videos uh, on the new uh, version that's come out, 2.1, Moranis points out to everybody how generous I am with the whiskey. And exactly. Th- when I pour a whiskey, I just pour <laughs> a zip of whiskey. When Steve pours a whiskey, it's like, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, it's like I just ran a marathon. I just need to drink. Now, the first thing you're going to notice about this whiskey is the color. It is a beautiful, warm brown um, yeah dark it's, amber color yes. isn't it it's it yes. is absolutely superb ah. mm-hmm. and the nose is just so subtle and sweet and bananary a little bit like uh like jack, jack daniels, daniels. I, I not quite no like. not quite but it it does remember I, I i just remember like uh, 2019 we were at ignite in orlando and we were at the bar the whiskey. Oh, we had the, where we had the uh, Frank Sinatra version. We yes. had the Jack Daniels Frank Sinatra, which is a special release. It also tastes like Jack Daniels because it's a Jack Daniels, but it is so much more. It was refined. Same thing, refined. Same thing with this one. You I, smell, and it really reminds you of a Jack Daniels, but it's, it's not. It's not. It, it's. I mean, I think a Jack Daniels is is fairly is a little sweeter. Uh, yes. A lot more bananary. This yeah. is more subtle. Yeah, much more vanilla it is, as yeah. well. Yes, but not so much on the nose. But when you take that first taste, then that's where you get the vanilla. Yeah, after and that you or caramel, after of course. Yeah, yeah, that typical course. caramel. Yeah. Mm. This is such a whiskey of so many different dimensions. Now, the problem is that while I'm talking to you about the taste, because I've swallowed my whiskey. I want to tell you about the chili pepper at the back of the throat that is just amazing. And it's not hot and annoying. But anyway. It is spicy, though. It is so spicy, but in a good way. Absolutely. Yes. So when you taste it, that's when that typical bourbon vanilla hit comes on the front of the tongue on that first taste. And then when you swallow it, um, this has probably got the longest finish that I've ever tasted in a whiskey. Even... A really big smoky whiskey with, that tends to go on and on. This, that chili, it, I mean, it was described yeah. in the tasting notes as, as chili, that kind of spicy thing they talk about, is mixed with a smokiness 
that is there. And even now, I don't know whether you heard me put the glass down when I started talking. I It's nicely now just warming and fading away. It It is. And then at the end of it, you get more sweetness again. Yeah. And it also comes in, in, in waves. So, yeah, I, I, it's, it is it is brilliant, yes. Now, when you get to the second taste and the second sniff and the second nose, that's when the bananas start to hit. You've, you've tasted it once, the chilies have come through, um, and then on that second nose, yeah, yep. you get uh, that subtle banana and more vanilla. It's lovely. Yeah. And uh, we drank, we tasted this last week. I've been looking, following this whiskey for a while, waiting for it to arrive in, in Europe, and... Uh, um, basically, uh, we've talked about Flavia.com, which is a, a site we've used before. They did a, an awards um, uh, and a tasting, a virtual tasting, and I managed to get to taste it then and then yep. uh, saved a little shot for Moraine. Uh, but we yes. said we thought we'd save this one for episode 60. So in terms of we talked stories today, we're going to re- get Moraine's going to recap our story around work and our corporate collaborative roadmap. But I really wanted to bring this whiskey. I love whiskies with stories and this has just got the best one i've ever seen yes so do yourself a favor it's uncornearest.com go to the website they are rebuilding the distillery six miles down the road from jack daniels the longest and oldest living relatives from jack daniels and from uncle nearest nathan green still meet and have tea together uh, so that you know there's generations further on it's a beautiful story it's a fabulous whiskey and it's going to have its own distillery open in a few months time and it's fawn weaver uh look at some of the stuff she's done she's just an awesome lady that's managed to sort of create this new business and bring back history from over 150 years ago and actually create it as new so awesome yeah i think yes. this is one of the best whiskies we've tasted in 60 episodes in terms of the whole picture Exactly, because 60 episodes means that we've drank at least 60 whiskeys together. That's true. And that's only on air. God (laughs) knows how many we tasted (laughs) off air. And, sir, it's been an absolute pleasure sharing every one of them with you. Likewise. likewise. All right. I think we need to think about finishing and recapping where we're going from. And on our new whiteboard in our office here, where you go, Marin. So let's talk about our corporate collaboration roadmap, which I think is a brilliant title. CCR. Yes, we we need to market that and and like a dot com dot com it. Yes. Put a logo. Exactly. So we've got six levels, six levels plus. So on our first level, we got our file share. Our organizations just having file shares. Then we can upgrade that to OneDrive for business. A little SharePoint uh, there as well. That would with a little bit of effort, just give us an enormous benefit. On a level three, we go to multiple sites, we touch on groups, we get some content types in. Level four is all about scaling that and making it more professional, adding hubs, adding more sites for navigation, uh, doing global managed metadata, um, global metadata, content type hubs as well yeah reverse those i really think they need to be in the three column and then the content types and metadata in the fourth more work needed but i really do think i don't i don't want to have to go back and change my content types well i don't think we need to change it but let's talk about that later okay episode 61 (laughs) how not to change your content types yeah so that's level four making it just more professional more uh, out there, level five will add more automation, will add workflows, business process management, knowledge management, custom forms, 
really tying it down to the needs of the organization. And then level six, we just go to 100% collaboration. We go into operations mode and just taking things as they are where people accept change and just go with the flow. Cool. The chili on this tongue is absolutely delicious. I'm yes. sorry, I was just drinking it while you were Yeah, doing no, that absolutely. Recap. That's mm. that's how we roll. All righty. So there we go. Episode 60. We have done what we normally do. We've broken the hour line. <sighs> Failed miserably. Ah. Next time when we start it, we need on the whiteboard one hour, you bricks. You're not going any further than an hour. We'll put a big clock on. That's the next investment. Yes, the next investment one, is a, a big one-meter-wide clock. <laughs> a stopwatch. <laughs> like those things yes. you have in the swimming pool that go round and round for one hour. and click no, we, Maybe we need some power automate and some power app that will just... Yeah, yeah something like that. I don't think so. Ah. <laughs> Alright, cool. Well, we really have loved doing this for the last 60 episodes. We enjoy our evenings when we record it every couple of weeks we know you enjoy this we get lots of really good feedback um what we want you to do is to go and buy a bottle of uncle nearest if you can because you should not miss out on that opportunity we've got a few ideas moving forward we're thinking about doing a whiskey party tell us what you think about doing a whiskey party we'll just you know everybody's doing virtual kind of drinks and things from work but we thought we might think about doing one once a month and getting people together so they can talk about the whiskies that they're drinking just for fun 20 minutes we'll do it live though live on youtube so we can completely screw up that was one of the ideas we've got to to think about how we can move forward after episode 60 but episode 60 you've heard it here first the corporate collaboration roadmap uh, within your organization the kind of things you need to do the targets you need to hit Uh, my name's steve dolby sci steve on twitter and anywhere else on google just search for sci steve and you'll find my stuff including the podcast. And uh, it's been my pleasure for the last 60 episodes to work with this man in front of me, Maureen Summer. And I will, as always, we're not going to change that. I'm going to get him to do the final goodbye. So from Steve, hi and bye. So from me, Maran, at Maran Somers on Twitter, it's been a pleasure uh, to doing these 60 uh, episodes. And uh, I really want to end with thanking this man as well. And here's to another 60 episodes. Absolutely. We are not millennials. We are mature. Steve may be more than Maren. Maturing the business like whiskey in a barrel.